I'm Kate. And I'm Jesse, and you're listening to Cocktails and Content Creation. <laughs> Let's do this. In 2016, only $1 billion was spent on influencer marketing. And here in 2021, I think it's $13 billion that's being spent. Wow. So that trajectory is going up and up and up and up and up every year. I think it's just going to keep going up. Welcome to Cocktails and Content Creation, the podcast dedicated to helping you easily create content with confidence. I'm Kate Andrews. And I'm Jesse Wyman. Welcome back to another episode of Cocktails and Content Creation, episode 24. If you're enjoying the podcast, why not leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening? We would love to know what you think. For today's episode, we're chatting about what brands are looking for when they use influencer marketing, which has only gotten more popular since the pandemic hit. But before we go any further, Jesse, what are you drinking? Hmm, I am drinking a White Claw raspberry flavor today. They're, um, you know, just really light and refreshing. And Perfect for summer. My husband, so, you know, we were on the, you know, the box wine over the winter. Now it's the summer. So we're transitioning back to like the White Claws and that's like it's, all he drinks. So it's, <laughs> it's usually yeah. readily available. <laughs> like it's kind of, I can't even picture George having a White Claw. But, oh, he's obsessed. Well, there you go. Yeah. I mean, now I'll have to find some of those. Yeah. I'll have to have you guys over and. Enjoy a White Claw together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, let's do it. (laughs) Well, as we said, we're going to be talking about influencer marketing. And as someone who makes money off of brand partnerships, this show is particularly interesting to my business. I was actually reading an article yesterday that said that social media use climbing drastically during the pandemic means that 73% more of marketers have allocated I can't talk today. 73% of marketers have allocated more of their budgets to social media and influencer marketing. Mm. And that means more opportunities for influencers and bloggers to make money off brand deals, which is music to my ears. But I think we're going to find out that there's a lot more involved in it than we think. Yeah. I mean, that's quite a bit. And, you know, marketing is, I wouldn't say still new to me, but within the last couple of years, I've taken uh, my business marketing strategies a little bit more seriously, but the world of influencer marketing is still really new to me. So I'm just excited to hear what she has to say uh, because, you know, I'm always wanting to advocate for uh, anyone who wants to build their business and seek out new opportunities, um, you know, which includes this, this area, this niche of, of influencers and influencer marketing. Well, it is, it's also a very, it's still a very, um, mysterious business. I actually got an email from the New York Times and it's still sitting in my inbox because I just, the headline is just so funny to me. And I think it popped up like more than a year ago at this point. So that's how, and I'm usually a very clean inbox kind of person, Mm -hmm. Jesse, you've seen how clean I keep our inbox. So for me to keep it, it, I think it actually just says, what is an influencer? And I think that that is, there is a lot of enigma when it comes to what an influencer does what their job is and you know we're going to pull back a little bit of the curtain when it comes to that so and we're excited to have Christina Tobacco content creator and photographer on the show to kind of help us pull that curtain back she works in influencer marketing and she's going to tell us all about that world and how it's trending all right we are here with another wonderful guest Christina she is a full-time digital strategist in the Boston area she works for a PR agency for the last few years and has helped brands manage content production social media accounts and influencer campaigns she also works part-time as a content creator with a focus in video production photography and food styling 
In her free time, she creates TikTok videos where she shares influencer tips from the brand's perspective to help up-and-coming creatives be successful in the industry. And today, we're going to be talking to her about three things brands look for when running an influencer campaign. So welcome, Christina. We are so happy to have you. Hello, hello. How are you guys doing today? We are doing good. Well, the first thing that we have to ask you, as this is cocktails and content creation, is what are you drinking? Well, I'm not drinking anything super fun, just some water right now, but I have to admit, I was just planning a PR mailer that we're sending to influencers for Memorial Day and it's boozy popsicles. So I really have those in the mind. Um, Not really a drink, but it's got me feeling like summer. So they are popsicles with booze in them. Yes. (gasps) I am writing that one down. I can't wait. Although it's still like a little chilly here in New England, so I probably will have to wait till it warms up a little bit. But this will this will be released in July, so you know by then summer will be in full swing. Everybody's going to be having the boozy popsicles. So then, when this drops, I'm going to be fully reminded (laughs) and find them. (laughs) So, Christina, you kind of get we Jesse gave a little intro about you, but you know, tell us in your words a little bit about your journey and what it is that you do. Sure. So I got to go all the way back to high school. Um, if you want to get the full picture, cause I actually did my first internship when I was in high school at an advertising agency. So very early on, I knew I wanted to work in this career. Um, and then when I was in college, I did several internships as well at some more agencies, but probably most notably the Boston Red Sox, where I worked in their corporate marketing department. And with every internship, I knew I wanted to work in digital marketing. Um, And when I graduated college, I found myself at an agency called Circoni Brown Company. They're based in Boston, but we also have a New York City office as well. Um, I'm currently a senior account executive. And as you mentioned, I manage influencer campaigns, content productions, brand activations. Um, And I have to say that I love what I do. I think it is the perfect job for me. I get to work with creative people every day. I also have a, you know, an analytical side of my brain. So that really comes important, um, you know, when planning any sort of creative, because you don't want to just throw things at the wall and see what sticks. You want to make sure that your creative is really well-informed and thought through. So I really feel like I get to flex both my creative side, my analytical side. I get to talk with new people all of the time. I get to plan commercials and go across the country and, and do events. Um, so it's it's truly, it's a perfect job for me. And, and that's sort of what I do professionally full time. Awesome. That is amazing. I love the um, mixing of the two sides. I feel like I can completely relate to that because I have a very creative side, but then I actually have a background in urban design, which is um, a lot of that is data driven and analytical. And so I can completely relate to that. So thanks for sharing because I think a lot of people here might feel the same. Of course. And I think if you have both of those sides, somebody told me early on in my career that it really makes you successful because, you know, you can be really good at one thing or the other, but you have to have both if you really want to succeed as an influencer, as a strategist or whatever your job might want, you might want your job to be. I love that. I love that. I totally agree. Although I think I need to develop my analytical. Well, I also am a big proponent of outsourcing in areas that you don't have time for, or it's just not your zone of genius. You might be okay at it. You might be able to get it done, but you know what? Sometimes it is better left outsourced. So if you're completely lacking that other side of your brain, consider outsourcing. (laughs) There's no problem asking for help. I a hundred percent agree with that statement. 
So you're a content creator and a photographer, but you also manage, you know, as you said, brand influencer campaigns full time. You get to travel across the country. What's it like being both on both ends of the spectrum? You kind of have this, I don't know, ad- advantage, right? Yeah, it's it's funny because I sort of feel like I'm a mediator in the industry because I know all of the hard work that goes into creating content and and you know how many hours it takes to plan a single photo shoot and like all of that logistical stuff. But I also have the brand's perspective where I'm sitting in on these meetings with these CEOs and CMOs and strategists and we're talking about things and sales and how marketing relates to the bigger, you know, brand goal objective. And so I really feel like I can see both sides of things and I'm in constant communication with both sides. And it's been really cool because as people, you know, on the influencer side are seeking out my advice, I can be really honest with them. And it's, it's, I think really set my, my personal business up for success because I see, I'm kind of like a mediator and I kind of got, you know, I'm a fly on each wall and it's, it's really interesting. And I think one thing that I think stands out the most is there's been a lot of discussion in the influencer industry about, you know, rates and exclusivity Mm -hmm. and, and all of those things. And I think in my position, I'm able to see both sides and negotiate fairly because I know what the brand has for money, but I also know how much work and how influencers are entitled to have, you know, the, to negotiate like rights usage and exclusivity and all those things as well. So it's, it's really, I love that I kind of get to be in the middle and kind of talk to both sides. I'm, I understand what you're saying when it comes to um, negotiating and everything, because, you know, a lot of people think about influencers as just taking pretty pictures and throwing them up on Instagram or throwing them up on a blog and writing some content to go along with them. But there's, there's so much more involved. Like, I think I saw one of those, you know, those, those six pain things where it's like, what my parents think I do, what my friends think I do you know, what the public things I do, what I actually do or something like that. And it's always, you know, especially for influencers, it always seems to be like the same thing going across where it's just like pretty pictures and everything. And then you get to like the actual thing and it's somebody sitting behind a screen, like, you know, editing photos and, you know, looking over, like acting almost as their own lawyer and all that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff. So there's, there's so much more involved. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really great that you're almost in a position to advocate for, for both sides. Yeah. And, and, you know, to, to add on to Kate's comments, you know, the, the rate piece of it, I'm very, um, I'm a big proponent to fair wages and, you know, when it comes to especially creatives who are, you know, consistently, you know, undermined when it comes to the amount of work that they produce and the rates that they should be paid. Um, as a photographer, I think to, you know, to Kate's point, they, you know, people simply think that you pick up a camera, you, 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 you take a couple snaps, you take a couple snaps, and then it just magically turns out great. And, and that's it. And, you know, I'm a brand photographer. So there's a lot that goes into planning a shoot. And, um, you know, making sure that we're getting images that are in line with that brand. Um, you know, I work with mainly personal brands and entrepreneurs, but uh, there's a lot that goes into it. And when I, when I, again, I don't know a lot of the influencer world, but when I see influencers, you know, s- taking photos and styling photos and, you know, taking the time to to go out to that perfect location 
And then I'm just, I'm wondering, I always wonder myself, wow, how much are they actually like making from all that? Because as a photographer, mm. I know what I would charge. I'm hoping that they're at least charging that because they're, they're essentially doing this, not the, you know, the same work that I'm doing um, and the copyright and all of that. So um, yeah, I mean, I don't want to necessarily segue because that's like a whole nother discussion, but I'm glad that you're in a position to, to raise awareness to that issue. Yeah. And one thing that actually happened in uh, just about a month ago is, you know, as I'm negotiating with these influencers, I'm noticing influencers rates are going up and up and up. Um, It's just something that's happening across the industry. I'm noticing on TikTok and Instagram reels that influencers are advocating for themselves and encouraging other creators to do the same. And I actually, you know, with this knowledge and and these email communications I've been having with these influencers, I went to the CEO of my company and I said, I need to send a status to all of our clients and let them know there are some changes happening in the industry and they need to make, they need to adjust their budgets accordingly. So I drafted this note and, and my team kind of weighed in as well. And I sent it to all the clients. And so I've since made them aware, you know, influencers marketing is a very powerful tool. And if you want to continue to use it, you need to, you know, make your budgets a little higher because we need to be paying creators more and their fees are going up. And this is why, um, and so in that case, I, I see it's like I'm on the creator side because I want to make sure that they're getting paid fairly. But I'm also on the brand side because, you know, if their goal is to reach like maybe their goal is like five million impressions with a campaign, but I can only secure, you know, five influencers and we're only going to get to like half of that, then, you know, I set them both up for failure. So the influencer won't get paid enough and then the brand won't get their impressions. So everyone kind of has to be on the same page. That's total sense. You, it's it's funny that you were talking about how, in the past few months, you've seen this this increase in the pricing. Do you? We've noticed that during the pandemic, influencer marketing has just blown up. And it was funny because I feel like at first, when when everything was first happening, some influencers saw kind of a dip in their brand partnerships because they weren't. Mm-hmm. Nobody knew what. I mean, there was no no travel. A lot of people weren't dressing up or anything like that. And then everybody had to pivot. Is Has the pandemic made, do you feel like the pandemic's made kind of that lasting impression on influencer marketing? And do you think that's kind of here to stay? You know, I was just actually looking, doing some research a few days ago. And I think it was in 2016, only $1 billion was spent on influencer marketing. And here in 2021, I think it's $13 billion that's being spent. Wow. So that trajectory is going up and up and up and up and up every year. I think it's just going to keep going up. I mean, I'm noticing each year, like the same clients coming back and saying, okay, we want to do another campaign or even like the next month after one wrap. So like, okay, let's do another one. We have more money. We went to our CMO. We went to our CEO. We got more money approved. So I'm seeing those conversations happening um, at the agency. And I'm seeing, you know, brands saying, okay, we're not going to spend money on a big commercial this year. We're going to spend that money on digital. So paid advertising, um, influencer marketing, organic social content shoots. So I think influencer marketing is definitely here to stay. And it's something that, you know, I talk to my, in my business, my students about, you know, building a personal brand. And I think that anyone who wants to work in marketing, digital marketing has to have a personal brand. And I think that if you want to be an influencer, you are really passionate about being a content creator. Now is the time to start. You will thank yourself in five years from now, because I truly do not think it's going anywhere based on, you know, where I'm seeing brands shift their budgets to and from. So I know we want to t- 
talk to you a little bit about what you offer for influencer coaching, but I feel like Mm -hmm. this next question is just a little bit better at the moment. So, which is really the topic of our, of our conversation today, you know, three things that brands look for when running an influencer campaign. So you touched a little bit upon the idea of like personal brand, but tell us, you know, if there's three things that, that, um, you know, brands really look for, what are those? And um, Mm. can you just sort of go into a little bit of detail on what influencers can do? Of course, this is a really great question um, because I, I get asked all the time, like, why isn't a brand hiring me? Or they don't respond to me. And it's perhaps because they're not checking these boxes that I'm about to share. But the three things right off the bat, and then I'll kind of go deeper in each of them is you have to have really strong content. Um, you know, I don't go deeper, but strong content, high engagement rate, and and you you're, you align with the brand's values. Um, so for strong content, I was talking to my friend. She actually used to work at the agency. She now works for um, a national shoe brand. And um, she's also an influencer. So she also too can kind of see both sides of things at the brand level and the influencer level. And she shared that that shoe brand, when the pandemic hit, they weren't able to do any large content productions. They weren't able to do photo shoots. They weren't able to kind of get a group together, hire models and actors to kind of be in the commercials and and the photo shoots. So they started outsourcing all of their content production to influencers. And so that shows how powerful influencers are. But the only way that you can kind of book those opportunities if you're a really strong content creator. So brands want to make sure that when they hire you, that you're going to deliver high quality images. And I know that, you know, you can take photos on your iPhone and your photos could be great. But if you really want to make a lot of money in the industry and you want to be successful, your content not only has to look, you know, visually eye-catching from like an artistic perspective, you know, it's unique, it's well lit, it's edited nicely. Um, but, you know, it also has to be high quality. And that's, I think, something that a lot of people, I don't hear anyone talking about. And I'm, I'm constantly on TikTok and Instagram and reading articles and blogs and listening to podcasts. And one thing that, you know, I'm noticing at the brand level is that they'll pay influencers a lot of money to create content that the brand can then use in their paid social advertising. And the only way they're going to do that, though, is if your content is extremely strong, because that content is going to be used you know, on paid ads, on Facebook, on Instagram, on Pinterest, it'll be maybe used on their website. And so brands want to make sure that that content is just really strong. And my best advice for people to create strong content is to invest in your education. And there's so many free resources out there. There are YouTube videos, there's Skillshare courses, there's, you can learn a lot on TikTok and Instagram reels. There's photographers who are hiring, who are offering courses. I'm not sure if you, Jesse, have any courses or anything like that. But if you do, like, that is so valuable for anyone who wants to be in this industry to learn how to create high quality content. Um, Because we will pay top dollar if your content is is unique and interesting. Um, And I have some favorite creators that I know I can go to. So, for example, there's this influencer Shout out to her. Her name is at Purely Kaylee. I've hired her for three different brands. Um, and every brand I've worked with, I've hired her for is so impressed with her work because she produces high quality content and they want to use it in their paid social advertising. They want to use it on their blog. They want to use it on their website. And so if you have strong photography skills, brands will, they'll just basically throw money at you because it's, you know, 
I don't know. That's just kind of the way things are kind of shifting. Does does that make sense? Any questions there? It does. It does. I actually have a question related back to um, the, you know, this, this specific photography, you know, uh, topic. Um, yeah because I am new to the influencer world, I don't know what goes beyond the behind the scenes and what sort of, you know, what the agreement looks like, but how do influencers, and I don't want to dive too segue too far, but how do influencer uh, manage rights of those photos? Um, you know, as a yeah. photographer, we, you know, we have certain rights that we're giving, you know, commercial use rights that we're giving to the brand or to the business or to the personal brand, whatever it is. And a lot of those times they may have, you know, time restrictions or, you know, use restrictions that are limited. So is that all just negotiated with the agreement between the influencer and the brand? It is. Yeah. We have contracts for every influencer we work with. And when we send over the contract, it often gets redlined by the influencer and they share their feedback. We kind of go back and forth. Um, But what we're noticing is that influencers are starting to charge for usage rights. Um, Usually like the standard is an influencer will allow you to use it on your organic social accounts. But if you want to use it on your website, your blog, paid social advertising, they'll charge more. And typically it's structured on you know, maybe it's three months, maybe it's six months, maybe it's a year and each forever, how long the brand wants to use it for, they're going to increase their price. If the brand wants to own it in perpetuity, then it's like significantly higher than the whole year. So just to break things down, it might be like a thousand dollars for three months, uh, $5,000 for six months and like $10,000 for a year. And then in perpetuity, it could get even higher than that. And this obviously depends on the influencer, it depends on their followers, their quality of their content. If it's a video versus photo, there's so many, it's hard to throw out numbers because there's so many factors, but typically it's like time-based um, and where they can actually have the brand, give the brand the rights to use that content. That I'm so happy to hear that that's how it goes because that's essentially the way, you know, photographers issue licenses. And so I'm glad yeah. that that's in alignment because I feel like sometimes brands, and I, this could just be a misconception that I have would go to an influencer because they may be more affordable than a professional Mm -hmm. commercial photographer. But with that being said, the commercial photographer is not an influencer and doesn't have that opportunity to support their marketing Mm -hmm. other than just handing over the file themselves. So, um, but I'm just, I'm really happy to hear that. So (laughs) just excited for the little guy. (laughs) And this is definitely changing. Like this is, I'd say this is the past year. So that's why I think it's like people like you and I are like photographers. It's so important to have that personal brand because like brands will, you'll kind of be attractive to the brand because you have a social presence, but you can provide high quality content. So I think you should pitch yourself to brands and you are doing brand photography, but you could work with some really amazing clients for sure. Yeah. Awesome. He is a talented photographer. Just going to plug that right there. (laughs) So you mentioned high engagement. Yes. And, you know, obviously we've talked, you know, we mentioned TikTok and everything, but Instagram, Instagram still seems to be kind of that king, correct? Is Mm -hmm. that, that, are we operating on that assumption correctly? We are. Yeah. Brands, you know, nine times out of 10, they still want to do influencer campaigns. And then, you know, half that, maybe they want to work on TikTok and half that, maybe they want to do YouTube, but Instagram is still king in the brand's eye. So even with like, so I know even some of the biggest influencers with, you know, the algorithm and all this kind of stuff, 
likes being hidden. Some countries like high engagement is mm-hmm. difficult to like, what, what are you talking when you talk like high engagement? What would be, I mean, you probably can't like give us a rate because you're talking about different numbers and followers, yeah. but what kind of are some rules when it comes to high engagement that brands are looking for? Yeah. So really you're right. It comes down to followers. So there's nano influencers who are those with 3000 to 10,000 followers. Those are our smallest creators. Then we have micro influencers who are 10,000 to about a hundred thousand. I know there's discrepancies, but that's kind of how we look at it. And then you have um, your macro influencers who go up from there and then your mega influencers with a million plus. And so each of those categories has sort of a benchmark that we look at for engagement rate. Our nano influencers, our smallest ones, a really healthy, strong engagement rate is going to be around 10% is what we typically notice. And then it kind of goes down from there. So, you know, micro influencers, probably 6% is really, really strong. And then macro, probably three or four. And then mega is like, sometimes we really don't hire influencers with an engagement rate that is under 2%. Um, But, you know, there are some people who have a little bit under 2% that will hire if they have a million plus. Um, But, you know, our advice for, or my advice for creating a really engage, a strong engagement rate is creating a community. And that's where you're talking with your followers, you know, you're engaging with them, you're responding to your DMs and people want to feel like they're being heard. So Mm -hmm. you want to make sure that you're truly engaging with them. You're commenting on like-minded people's posts. You're collaborating with them. You're going on podcasts with them. You're going on a clubhouse with them. You're going live with them. It's just kind of creating a community and that will help your engagement rate grow. Wow. I haven't heard about, like, we haven't talked about Clubhouse a lot on this show. So that's mm -hmm. a new kind of one for us. Yeah. I love Clubhouse. I have a weekly Clubhouse room over there. Ooh. I I have popped in and out. I I guess I just, I I struggle with that one. I struggle with, you know, going to it yet. It's still on my phone. I still get the notifications. The alerts. Seems to be the same people for some reason over and over. So now we're going to have to check out your, when is your weekly? It's, kind of Thursdays. <laughs> it's Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard. Um, it's called Influencer Tips from the Brand's Point of View. Oh, love it. Um, quick quick question. Um, yeah. I'm, you know, engagement. Can you just sort of mm-hmm. define what that is and how you get to the engagement rate? Yes. So engagement is, people calculated a few different rates, but this is how we calculate it. Um, it's the number of people who your content actually reaches to the people that actually engage with it. Um, So engagement rate, it's typically calculated by taking your, um, the amount of people who interacted, liked, comment, shared, saved your content, divide that by the reach that you can pull up in your analytics, multiply that by a hundred, and that's going to give you the percentage, which will be your engagement rate. There are a lot of different, um, you know, free tools online where it'll calculate it for you, but Honestly, the best way to to do this is to manually do it yourself on your channel if you want your true accurate engagement rate, because Mm -hmm. all of those platforms are going to give you 10%, 5%, 6%. And the true way to do it is to just calculate it on your own. So what my recommendation to do is once a month, add up all of the engagement on your past posts from the month and recalculate your engagement rate to upload your media kit. Um, just so you're always aware of what your engagement rate is. Um, we also use a software at the agency where we can see influencers' engagements ra- engagement rates. Um, so you're yeah. verifying what they're saying in their media kit? 
Exactly. Yeah. I've had people say, oh, my engagement rate is 7%. And I'm like, it's actually 1%. Um, <laughs> That's good to know. That's good to know. So A, be, be, be up honest. to date with your numbers, be honest yeah. with your numbers because they may check. An extra tip yeah. you didn't expect in this podcast, guys. <laughs> and I, I've seen people pull their engagement rate um, for like since their account began. And it's like, no, that's constantly changing. So Three months to a month, I'd say is is fair. Like the software that we use pulls your engagement rate, for influencers engagement rate for the past three months. Um, but you could also do it, you know, just for the past month manually on your own um, if you want a, a more accurate uh, number. Wow. Now, when it comes to aligning with a brand's values, um, mm. my question is how if you're reaching out to that brand, how do they know that you kind of align? How could you tell a brand I align with your values without being like, I align with your values? Like, like, you know, that <laughs> thing, tell me, tell me that you're a mom without telling me you're a mom. So tell me, tell me that, you know, how you would kind of express to a brand that you're, you're in it with them. Yeah. So, you know, honestly, your bio is that place for you to put your stake in the ground and say mm. who you are. And I do this in my Instagram bio, your Instagram bio, your TikTok bio, um, your clubhouse bio, wherever you're active is I believe that you have to stand for something. And so, for example, I work with a national vitamin brand. I manage their influencer campaigns for the whole year. And I am seeking out people who are really into wellness, um, Mm. mindset, um, health, um, And so oftentimes I will check out different people. And if they have in their bio, literally, if it says wellness, my ears kind of perk up and I'm like, I start categorizing them in my brain. I'm like, oh, they'd be good for this client or they could be good for this client. They'd be good for this skincare brand that's into sustainability, or they could be good for this food brand that has like ethical practices for how they source their sugar cane. Um, And so if you put in your bio, like what you are and sort of your niche, if you Mm. say like wellness, motherhood, in your bio, it kind of categorizes you to the brand, but then also you have to be posting about those things consistently. Um, and I believe that, you know, if you build it, they will come. If you're constantly posting about maybe you're into, I always talk about eco-conscious and sustainability because of a lot of our, a lot of our clients fall within that category. Um, and so like, so for example, um, if you're posting, you know, fashion brands that are not fast fashion brands, if you're posting, you know, you know, compost, compost, composting tips, um, stuff that's within that community, you know, mm-hmm. brands are just going to automatically find you. And then when you pitch yourself to those brands, they're going to just come to your page and they're going to go through your stuff and they'll be like, this feels like a good fit. And so brands are they really want to work with people who are an authentic match and we'll spend hours and hours trying to find the right fit because it's truly important to work with an authentic partner. I mean, that's the only way you're going to get any kind of interaction with your actual client customer, because yeah. if they, if they, if you have someone who's doesn't, as you said, aligns with the brand's values and, and um, the product, then you've got the wrong people following them and in turn following you. So exactly. So it starts even before you would pitch to the brand. Oh yes, and that's why that's why I go so you know basics when I walk people through like coaching. I'm like, what do you stand for? Like I had a coaching call last night, and we it was um, it's actually someone who I'm working with on a, a six week basis, and we're like building her brand from the ground up. And we did like a values exercise, and I was like, what do you stand for? What do you believe in? Um, 
And that is really going to take shape in the content that you then create. It's not just about, you know, this is how you take photo and this is how you grow your following. It's like, if you don't stand for something, if you don't have a mission, if you don't have a purpose and a passion and, a, and the, probably the most important question I always ask people on my coaching calls, what is your why? Like, why are you doing this? Mm. And if your answer is I'm doing it because I want to work with brands and, and I want a lot of followers and I don't want to work at a full-time job. It's like, okay, yes, that could be your why, but what is your like, why? Like, why are you doing this? Do you want to inspire people? Do you want to help people? Do you want to just bring joy to somebody's day? Like you have to have something a little bit more in depth that's going to carry you through those really hard days where you're tired and exhausted and you're up until 2 a.m. drafting captions for your content calendar and it's raining mm-hmm. and you, your photo shoot isn't going to happen. So you have to like figure out a new plan. Like you have to like dig deep and know what your why is. If you really want to be in this industry, it's, it's so important to go back to the basics. I um, worked with a wellness coach and went through her wellness program. And one of the things was to discover our why as it relates to that particular program. And Mm. I can't remember who she learned this method from, but I think it's to your point, it was like seven layers deep. So you keep asking yourself why seven times, Mm. and that should ultimately get you to like you like to your point that deep down uh, oh I'm doing it because I want to make money and don't want to work a full-time job and I really like social media and I want to work with cool brands okay but why and then you answer that again and then you say but why again and if you do that seven times you should at that point reveal like the deeper meaning behind your why yeah that's so powerful and and it's True. You really have to dig deep. It's like we're an iceberg and what you see on the top is, mm-hmm. you know, what we project to people, but you've got to dig all the way down. There's, you know, if you look at an iceberg, you can only see like 10% of it you right. all the way down to the bottom. Now, when you, so now you found this, you come to, to finding this ultimate why, mm-hmm. how would you say you would go and find, you know, say the brands aren't reaching out to you, you know, you're, mm-hmm. you're one of those nano influencers, you're kind of still green in this industry. How would you go and find the brands that kind of align with your values as well? What would you say is the first step? Yeah, I would say, you know, typically there's products. If it's truly your why you're using those products already, they're in your makeup bag, they're in your closet, they're in your pantry, you know, look at those brands and start there, start with the brands you're already using. And from there, kind of build upon that and find other like-minded brands. Sometimes those brands will partner with other brands and you can find more brands, Um, you know, just searching on Instagram for brands that are similar or doing a Google search. Um, You know, it's kind of just branching out and starting with what's in front of you and then, you know, using those brands, tagging those brands in Instagram stories, commenting on them. You always want to make sure that you're following the brands that you want to work with because we do check to see if you're actually a fan of the brand when you pitch to us. Um, And so starting with what you're already using is my best piece of advice. So we kind of teased this fact that you actually work with influencers, coaching them. Tell us a little bit about A, how you got into that, and then B, what that whole whole process involves. Yeah, so it, I started creating TikTok videos um, a few months ago. Um, and it was because I was talking to my coworker and I was like, influencers got to put their location in their bio because if this campaign is geo-targeted to a specific region, I got to know where they are. Um, 
and they created one TikTok video and it kind of popped off and people were really into it. And then from there, people were like, you know, can you help me? Can you teach me? And so I started offering one-on-one sessions um, and it has been the support and has been so overwhelming. And it, I love, and I always said that I always wanted to be a teacher. And so I finally feel like I have that. And so through my one-on-one sessions with people, you know, some people are just looking for one session for me to audit their account, give them advice and send them in the right direction. And they kind of go on their merry way and they kind of implement those practices that I, that I teach them. And then other people I have a one-on-one call with and they're like, okay, so like, can we keep doing this? And so <laughs> that's, that what I, you, that's what you want to hear. I'm like, yeah, of course. That's what I'm here for. And so um, I have some clients that work with me. It's sometimes on a weekly basis and I meet with them for six weeks and I bring them through the basics of building a brand, growing your channels, understanding what channels to be on, how to grow your following, how to build a community, how to put yourself to brands. And I bring you through that whole step process. Um, but then I also have people that just want to work with me on a monthly basis to kind of realign their content strategy. You know, they've, they kind of got the tools, they're putting it to work, but they just need that support to just kind of keep them in check. Um, so it really just depends on where people are looking for support. Um, I'm trying to put more structure around it because I have, it's been like, I like have seven coaching calls this week and I have a full-time job. So I'm doing this all on the weekends and after work. And you're doing Um, your own content creation on top of it. I am. And I'm a photographer. I'm, I don't know how I do. I honestly, I stay up to like two o'clock in the morning, every, every night. It's speaking from experience right there. You, you know it too, I'm sure. Um, and so I'm trying to be like, okay, I'm going to burn out if I keep doing this. And I, but I'm really passionate about this. So I'm like, maybe I should do some group coaching calls. So I'm kind of thinking through what a program like that would look like. I'm also looking to do maybe like a, a webinar or like an online course where people can just download. So I'm starting to explore those avenues because I have more people that want to work with me than time that I have available. Um, it's crazy. And I'm starting to start to release my schedule in smaller batches. So I don't just book up and then I'm not available for several weeks. So I'm still trying to figure out the business side of things, but I'm just trying to also figure out how I can best serve people and help people. And for the most part, I just hop on TikTok live and I say, what do you need from me? How can I help you? Like I use my audience and I I ask them, I say, do you want one-on-one sessions? Do you want group calls? You tell me and I'll make that happen. Um, And it's, I'm still kind of figuring it out, but I'm, I'm, I'm loving every step of the way. I think you're on the right track with that. So I have a course for other photographers looking to pivot into brand photography. And one of the things I learned early on is is really listening to before I actually recorded the course and made it more of a DIY at your own pace. Um, mm-hmm. I did teach it live. Um, you know, every week I would teach a lesson um, with them live. And so I think what you're doing is great learning what your audience wants. And then once you really have it fine tuned as to what you need to teach them, doing um, group coaching or making a little bit more um, evergreen and passive is, is the way to go because you will burn out. <laughs> I, I can, how many people, this is one of the things I'm struggling with because I want to make sure that I'm teaching it to a group, but I don't want to have too many people. I don't want to have it too small. How many people would you recommend if I could ask that? Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, it really depends on what you're comfortable with. I would say around if you're, if you're planning on having it be really engaging and want about a lot of back and forth and allow for question and answers, 
Um, I would say six people is probably mm-hmm. like the number that makes sense for me. I never really had more. I think at one point I had seven, but even in that you might not have everybody be able to attend each live call, but mm-hmm. having seven people, you probably will find that that's like anything more is going to be a little bit challenging in any reasonable amount of time to have any question and answers in that live dialogue. But you're, you're, I'm on your website and your program sounds amazing. What you offer sounds extremely valuable. Yeah. So, um, which I think, again, I'm not in the influencer world, but to me, knowing nothing about it, this, the way you've laid it out makes total sense. Because even as somebody even from who is, someone who that's is not, well, and even someone who has been kind of doing it, not like super actively, but it passively the past couple of years, like you really lay it out in ways that are digestible and kind of takes away a lot of the myth. Cause as I said, there really is this feeling of people just thinking that, it, you know, they like how many times do you see influencers made fun of in the media? And I get it. I get that. It's like, it seems like a very superficial industry, but at the same time, it really is, you know, it is marketing. It is mm-hmm. advertising and, you know, granted they get made fun of as well, but it's not in the same light. I have a feeling, you know, you get them, you have like mad men with the advertising industry and then you get like, you know, funny or die when it comes to like influencers or like that, that, that parody um, Instagram account. And I totally forget what it's even called, but it's like influencers people, in the wild. Yes. Yes. See, you know, so <laughs> it's not taken it yes i understand and there are a ton of yes it's it's i mean it, as someone who you know hates it at the same time it's it's funny um to see and you know that's how people see a lot of influencers and there's a lot of people out there that are kind of giving influencers a bad name in mm-hmm. so many ways you know because they are just taking advantage of money of talent of having opportunities given to them what would you also say um you know when I feel like a lot of people, when they start out in the influencer industry, they accept product or experiences in exchange mm-hmm. for work. Is that, and then there are so many people that are like, no, 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 you shouldn't do that. You should definitely, you know, if you have a engaged following, you should definitely be asking for, you know, well, what does your budget allow? What, what is your kind of hard and fast rule about that? Or is there one? Yeah. So my perspective is, if it's a brand that reaches out to you that you really want to work with, that you want to build a long-term relationship with, then I would suggest taking the gifted partnership. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I would say, do you have budget? If they don't, then just, I suggest taking it because so many times I've seen influencers take a gifted and it turn into a long-term paid partnership. Oh, wow. For us at the agency, we don't really do gift product exchange. We pay our influencers. We do do PR mailers like the pop school one I was talking about earlier, where we'll send product and gifts in a box and we'll send it to influencers just to increase brand awareness. And if they post about it, great. If they don't, there's no contract. They don't have to post. But so many times I've sent like those PR boxes, they post, we build a relationship And then I go back to them in a month or two or three and I say, Hey, I have a paid partnership opportunity. You shared with me that you really loved the products we send. Would you want to work with us for this campaign that we have coming up? Um, But if it's a brand that, you know, you could kind of go without, you don't really feel connection to, you're just doing it just because you want free product. 
then I'd say probably pass, you know, there's, you could spend your time, you know, this business, you can spend your time building a social presence, creating an email list, building your website. You can spend that time elsewhere. That'll help you more in the long run instead of, you know, just accepting so many gifted partnerships, Mm. you know, when you're starting out, you know, if you're trying to just build a portfolio and show what brands you've worked with, that could be a great tool to do that. But I wouldn't just keep accepting gifted partnerships if it's not brands that you truly believe in. Um, And again, this comes back to your values and why that's so important in your personal brand is you want to work with brands that are like-minded. I'm just going to ask the question that I know Jesse and I are both thinking. How do we get on the mailer for the boozy popsicles? That's all I care about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I'm I'm going to buy them either way. I know. So, Me too. Um, I just got to find out. the. You can tell us the brand after the after after we chat. <laughs> after we chat. Good. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Well, thank you so much. Uh, Jesse, I don't want to. No, no. Toes. This has been so, so amazing. I am so excited to share this with our listeners because it's been extremely valuable. And someone, yes. as someone that's not in this world of influencers, other than, you know, living vicariously through Kate, um, I think it's been really, really, really informative. So. Um, For our listeners, this is mm-hmm. just kind of a sneak peek of uh, what you can get if you are looking to become an influencer or you're already in the influencer world. You know, you could work with Christina and she can help you help you out. So yeah. I Christina, love working. Go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. I'm going to say I've worked with people who are really just green to becoming an influencer or or just, for example, I'm working with somebody who's an author and she has a book coming out and she's like, I have this book coming out. I need a social presence. Can you help Mm. me? And so I work with people like that who are just like, let's start from the ground up. But then I also do consultations with influencers who have, you know, a couple hundred, sorry, a couple, like maybe 20,000 followers or 30,000 followers. And they're like, am I, what am I doing? How can I pitch myself to more brands? Or sometimes I work with nano influencers that want to learn how to grow a following. So Right now, my program is, I have a structure to it, but at the same time, you're going to come to me and your hour with me is your time to ask me questions and we can structure around what your goals and needs are. And if you just want one session, no pressure. If you want to work with me ongoing, great. It's, I'm here to serve the people. And my ultimate goal is to just help, you know, create more strong influencers because there's so much potential and so much passion and drive and creativity and, it's, I just love working with influencers. It's, it's so fun. I can tell that you're really passionate about it. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's, it's important that you, what you said about how, um, that your author, the author that you're working with wants like a a strong internet presence. I think every day, every person in this day and age, especially, you know, as the world starts to turn more towards social media and, um, online, um, I mean, granted we're all on zoom these days, right. You know, I think that it's going to be more and more important to have kind of a, a brand kind of carved out, whether it be on social media or a website going forward. So it is what you're talking about is very important, not just for people who want to be an influencer and want to work with brands, but who want to work in general. Yeah. So. And one last thing is that I actually just taught a class back at my college and I'm speaking to these college students and my advice to them was, you know, if you want to work in this industry, if you're in college, you have to have a personal brand because one of the best pieces of advice I read an article that I don't know if you know, the creator, Lucy Fink, Mm -hmm. um, but she shared, I read this back in college. She's like, it was the things that I was doing in my free time that got me to where I want to be today. So it's not going to be your homework and your schoolwork. It's not going to be your full-time job that helps you reach your goals. It's going to be the things that you're doing 
that you want to do and not the things that you have to do that are going to get you noticed and where you want to be. So having a social presence, building a social brand, forming your identity is crucial to kind of, you know, either growing the corporate ladder or growing your own business. And so I'd also love to share that advice as well and let people know it's, it's so important to have a presence on social media in this industry. Love that. Love that. So, um, where can people find you? Because (laughs) I know that there's going to be a lot of people trying to, trying to look you up. Yeah. So I have a website. It's Christina Marie creative.com Christina with a K not a C or a CH. Um, and then on all platforms, TikTok, Instagram, clubhouse, Pinterest, all of those it's, um, Christina tobacco. My last name is tobacco. Um, Christina with a K tobacco with an A, um, is what I like to say. So (laughs) you can find me there. Um, I go live on TikTok all the time where I'm talking to people, answering their questions, um on um, clubhouse i have my weekly clubhouse room called influencer tips from the brand's point of view and then on my website that's where you can learn more of how you can work with me and if there's something on my website that doesn't fit you you can always send me a personal message and kind of explain your story and we can kind of tailor a program based on your specific needs um and as i mentioned i'm I'm creating an online course that'll be coming out as well so lot of exciting things and I'm just here to help however people need it. We love to hear that. That's always great. Christina, thank you so much for coming on the show and giving us all these tidbits of information. So we're really excited to share them. Yeah, of thank course. you so much. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. I can't even like fathom $13 billion in influencer marketing. And that's up from 1 billion in 20, I think she said 2016. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's huge. That's, that's huge. <laughs> and I was glad to hear she said it wasn't going anywhere as I, you know, that's how I kind of make my money. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I definitely think it's, it's carving out a big piece of the marketing pie. For mm-hmm. sure. And those three things that she mentioned high, I mean, it was a lot of common sense, but I think that we all need to hear. She she delved she she dove into everything kind of behind it because it's not it it isn't just high quality content engagement and aligning with the brand values. It's everything that goes on behind that. How you mm-hmm. create that high quality content, how you encourage that engagement, and how you discover those brands or how the brands discover you if you're really lucky to. Um, get those brands that align with what you mm-hmm. are into finding yeah. out your absolute why, which I know you're a big advocate of Jesse. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, you know, and I touched upon, you know, that conversation with her of digging really deep, maybe going seven, seven layers deep until you find that, that deeper why not just mm-hmm. the surface level. Why, you know, I really, I thought it was an interesting conversation, not coming from the world of influencer marketing. I actually learned quite a bit. I loved all that she mm-hmm. had to say, but I especially loved how she, you know, in her corporate position, uh, advocates on both sides for what brands need, but also educates these brands on, you know, reasonable rates that Mm -hmm. these content creators should be making, Um, you know, as a creative and a content creator myself, not necessarily from the influence perspective, I know how much it takes and goes into and you know, goes into just a simple photo shoot, or what we call a simple photo shoot. And there's, you know, a lot of blood, sweat and tears. And I loved the fact Mm -hmm. that she was able to give some insight on you know, what those rates entail, especially when it comes to photo usage. That was really interesting to me being a photographer. and, And I was happy to hear that 
influencers are negotiating these rates based on, you know, the use of the image, which is really how commercial photographers do it as well. So I was happy to hear that there's alignment in that and it hasn't always been that way, but there's starting to be more of that consistency between, you know, how photographers deal with licensing and how the creatives deal with licensing. And I think she also brought a lot more validity to the whole profession of influencer because I think it can get very much people just look at it as kind of fluff like and and, you know with with iPhones and other phones being as powerful as they are when it comes to video and photography you know it seems like it should be easier than ever to be an influencer because we have all this power right in the palm of our hand you know but let's face it Instagram throws us curveballs like you know integrating reels and making those such a big part of the platform hashtags you know the algorithm tiktok there's so much more involved and there seems to be more and more involved you have to keep up with what's trending not just you know if you're a fashion blogger not just fashion wise or whatever industry you're in but technology wise there's a lot more involved um so i really yes i really appreciated her acknowledging all of that that goes into it. And I, and I, I think it's good to have somebody who works on both sides, working with the, on the corporate side to explain to these people, no, this is not just some, you know, woman taking a photo with her iPhone and just throwing it up online. There's so much more involved. There's, you know, you, as you said, planning a photo shoot, the outfits, the lighting, the editing, the captions, writing captions. Like she said, staying up until two o'clock in the morning, like, you know, Mm. that would have sounded so good to me in in like college and high school. And now I'm just like, please let me be in bed by 10. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I agree. <laughs> on that note thank you so much for listening to cocktails and content creation make sure to le- join our facebook group cocktails and content creation community we want to hear what you want to talk about so you can share with us that on facebook or you can also email us cocktails and content creation at gmail.com we'd love it if you'd leave us a review on apple podcasts and you can follow us on instagram at cocktails and content creation i'm kate andrews and you can follow me on instagram at fashionably kate and co and I'm Jesse Wyman. You can follow me on Instagram at Jesse Wyman Photos. Or if you're a brand photographer looking to learn more about brand photography, I'm at the Brand Photographer Method. Make sure to tune in next time for another great episode of Cocktails and Content Creation. Until then, cheers to your next cocktail. And happy content creating.